You're listening to the Play Like a Girl podcast, episode number 28. You play ball like a girl! I'm Nikki B with Play Like a Girl, made just for female athletes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Play Like a Girl. I'm your host, Nikki B. Here at Play Like a Girl, we aim to encourage more confidence in young women who play sports and give them the necessary tools and advice to have an amazing career in sports and beyond. If you are a young woman who plays sports and lives an active lifestyle, or you know one of these young women, I am so excited you are here. Each week, we'll either bring you a guest in the sports world or have a roundtable discussion of the many taboo and important topics in the world of female sports. Are you with me? Let's change the game. All right, Plague listeners, today's guest is my former colleague and friend from Sacramento State. Bethany Crouch is a former NCAA D1 gymnast, Sacramento State and USF alumna, and student athlete development and academic success coordinator for Sacramento State Athletics. She most recently founded Her Sports Story, which is a platform to connect former female athletes, help realign identities post-athlete, and give them the tools to become a professional beyond their sport. Her and I first met when we drove to Sacramento State to San Francisco for the NCAA Career in Sports Forum and bonded because we both went to the same high school. We continued our bond over our roles on the Sacramento State Student Athlete Advisory Committee. I'm so stoked because she continued the path of helping athletes at our alma mater, and I can't wait to chat with her today to see how this path unfolded. Please give a warm plaque welcome to Bethany Crouch. Well, hello, Bethany. I am so excited to talk to you today. I love how everything has just come full circle, so thank you for joining us on the Play Like a Girl podcast today. Oh, I know. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, of course. Okay, so something that I like to do with our guests um, before we dive into the interview is some rapid fire questions just so we can get to know you and then All we'll right. circle back to everything. So are you ready? I am ready. Okay, first one, where do you currently live? In Folsom, California, just outside Love of Sacramento. It. Love it. And then where did you grow up? I grew up in El Dorado Hills. Kind mm-hmm. of the outskirts, yeah. Love it. We're just, we're the same. And we are. Same place. <laughs> okay. And then what sports did you play growing up? I mainly did competitive gymnastics. However, mm-hmm. for a moment there, I'm sure we'll dive into this. I was a competitive cheerleader in high school. Oh, fun. I don't know if I knew that. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Okay. Next question. What is your favorite quote? I have one that's kind of stuck with me. It's kind of like my grounding quote when I'm trying to do all the things. It is, I think, by Theodore Roosevelt, and it's, do what you can with what you have where you are. Oh, uh, that is a good one, and it is so true. Talk about, it's kind of a little bit of gratitude mixed into that, too. It's about, you know, kind of doing, I get to do things instead of I have to do something and, and right. using, like you said, what you already have versus thinking that you need more, more, more. It's kind of honing in on what you already have and using that to your advantage. That's really good. I love that. Okay. Yep. Next question. What is one of your superpowers? It used to be like flying through the air and doing flips. <laughs> However, I think now and like in my current role where I get to work with athletes each day, I, I find out that either I'm a really good listener Mm-hmm. or people feel okay like opening up to me and kind of diving into topics you know that aren't always super fun to talk about but necessary a part of the athlete journey 
Mm-hmm. I am so happy you said that because that is exactly what I thought of when I knew I was asking you this question because I vividly remember us driving to San Francisco from Sacramento <laughs> together and I yeah. just remember what a good listener you were and just how great you were at having a conversation like we didn't know each other but that yeah. car ride I was like I feel like this girl her and I have known each other for years so I know right yes yeah. so I think it's well, so so true it definitely is one of your superpowers okay final rapid fire question who is your favorite athlete Oh boy, that is <laughs> such a good, good question. I think I, there's so many. I would say growing up, I loved Mary Lou Retton and Shannon Miller and the 96 Olympic gymnastics team. I think those <laughs> were like my, my idols. Um, but now like in the current moment, I am loving Serena Williams because mm-hmm. an athlete that like uses their platform for, you know, giving back or paying forward or lifting up others. It's huge in my book. So yeah. Yeah, And talk about girl power with Serena Williams. Uh I mean, homegirl can do it all. I don't know how she can play her sport, be a mom, yeah, yeah, have a baby, all those things. It's just like, she is superwoman, but she's so real and authentic with it too. So I think, um, I feel like Serena Williams is like everyone's, you know, favorite athlete right now. Okay, Bethany, so let's dive into it. Give us kind of a long story short or however much you want to say. Who okay. is Bethany Crouch? Ooh, good question. <laughs> so I am a former competitive gymnast of 15 years turned athlete, advocate professional. I work in college sports. I've developed a community of former collegiate or former professional or recreational athletes, anyone that identified with being an athlete and really looping together all of our women's superpowers <laughs> and sharing in the journey that is exiting out of sport and into life. Um, so those are my current, I would say, realms. But mm-hmm. aside of that, I married my college sweetheart who was a baseball mm-hmm. player here at Sacramento <laughs> State. Uh, I have a, a big fluffy cat named Tiggy. And <laughs> I, yeah, I live in Folsom and I love this Sacramento community. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Sacramento community is a great one for sure. And uh, it's so funny. You, I love that you and your husband are still together. I remember when you guys were dating, you know, yeah. when we first met in college. And it's yeah. just so cool to see that you guys, you know, have such a loving, awesome relationship now. But um, let's talk about the, the athletics. And I know you said you were a competitive gymnast for 15 years. You also, you know, did some cheerleading here and there. So let's talk about kind of like how you started um, getting into gymnastics mm-hmm. and then your high school experience yeah so I you know I think with a lot of preschools around that time they did like these gymnastics classes a Mm -hmm. part of preschool so I think I got my first taste there and then I stepped away you know you go to kindergarten and and start real school and around I think six years old my mom noticed how incredibly shy I was Mm -hmm. and she was like we gotta like put you in a sport or something like to get you kind of out of your shell from the world of sonic the hedgehog a new hero arrives i am ready is there anyone stronger no tougher no funnier i do not make jokes i make warriors knuckles now streaming only on paramount plus yes so in addition to i guess i guess as a child i would throw cartwheels with no hands and flips Mm. and my mom was like Hey, well, you know, <laughs> she she's not far removed. She was a former gymnast and cheerleader mm. too. 
So, yeah, she put me in gymnastics around six. I did competitive gymnastics through up until sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. And gymnastics is a year-round sport. There are mm-hmm. summers where you're going to practice at 8 a.m. and leaving the gym at 3.30 or 4 p.m. So it's kind of like a job, and most athletes can relate to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I got to a point in high school where I totally went through, like, FOMO. Like, mm. I am clearly missing out on dating, on getting a boyfriend, like, on <laughs> high school dances. And I kind of had a burnout moment. I, I say that, you know, through my college, or excuse me, my high school initial career, I, I, str- I didn't struggle physically. I struggled mm. mentally with the sport. Mm. And that's, I think, what kind of led me to eventual burnout. So... Actually, my sophomore year of high school, I went to a college-bound meet, which is where, you know, you compete, and all the college coaches are lined up watching you compete. And after that meet, I quit. I stepped Mm -hmm. away from gymnastics and became a competitive cheerleader at Mm -hmm. Oak Ridge, our high school, and Mm -hmm. did that for a little bit until I started getting college letters in the mail. And I was like, my 16-year-old brain was like, I quit. Like, I thought everyone (laughs) would know that I quit. (laughs) But clearly, you know, at that point, you think the world knows everything you're doing. Um, (laughs) But so I kept getting letters in the mail to, like, um, for recruiting questionnaires. And then I started having people reach out to me for gymnastics. And I was just like, this is so interesting. So with that being the motivator, I went back to gymnastics. Mm. And I, because I was like, okay, college gymnastics can be refreshing. It's a, a little bit of a different format than club gymnastics. So I went back to gymnastics, competed for a little bit, started summer training, and hit another wall, like another mm-hmm. mental breakdown kind of wall where I was like, I just, I was struggling. Um, so at that point, I had verbally committed to Sacramento State. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I think I quit cheer because I was trying to do gymnastics, and then I ended up quitting gymnastics again Mm. and turned down my scholarship at Sacramento State. Mm. And from there, I had a few months where I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. I went to some colleges to, like, look uh, outside of gymnastics, and I eventually came to the realization, like, no, you've got it. You've made it so far. Mm. Just, like, just do gymnastics for fun. Like, mm-hmm. just see if you can walk on the team. So I called the Sac State uh, gymnastics coach, and I was like, is there any way that there's still a spot for me on your team? Even if it's a walk-on, like, I think this is something I just really need to see through. And he said, yep, there's a spot for you, and your scholarship is still here, which wow. was, like, crazy. So my story is not, uh, I would say, the, the normal one, mm-hmm. but there are so many important life lessons through mm-hmm. that journey that have really helped me relate to, you know, other student athletes and then working with athletes even today. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, totally. Just when you said that story, I think it's funny how, um, I think golf and gymnastics are very much, it's, you people want to think it, but they're definitely similar in the way that it is definitely an individual sport. It's a year round sport. I mean, of course you are competing on a team, but it very much is an individual sport. You're practicing year round and that burnout is real. And I know for all other sports, the burnout is real too. Right. Um, 
But talk a little bit about, because of course, at such a young age, when you're 15 years old, you know, you, getting that FOMO, it's a real thing. Like you want to mm-hmm. know that you're not missing out on all the things that you should be experiencing as a young yeah. teenager. So um, what's some advice that you would give to these young high school girls who are kind of feeling the same way that you did? Um, you know, whether you think that it's good to have a break or maybe not so good to have a break, kind of shed your light on yeah. um, a little, dive a little bit deeper on what you went through and your advice for those girls. Mm -hmm, Totally. So I would say, you know, you eventually will be so much more than an athlete, Mm. right? So, you know, when you're an athlete and you're looking at like everything that's happening outside, see where the balance can be made. Can you Mm. leave practice early and make sure you go to that Friday night football game? Mm -hmm. Um, Can you join a club at school? Can you get involved elsewhere? Mm -hmm. Because you are, again, not going to be just Bethany, the gymnast, or Nikki, Mm -hmm. the golfer. You Mm -hmm. are going to be so much more. And those little experiences in high school help you build up that foundation of, you know, what, who you're going to become. So get involved if you can with other things. And Mm -hmm. even if that's for like one Saturday a month Mm -hmm. to do something different and kind of tap into other identities that you have. So I definitely recommend that. I recommend, you know, of course, as a gymnast, and I would say with most athletes, like when you miss practice, you have severe guilt, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I miss practice, coach is going to be mad. And just realize the intensity of your coach is just, is that they care so much Mm -hmm. about you and the product and what you are capable of in, Mm -hmm. in your sports space. But again, you're going to do more. You're going to be mm-hmm. more. So find other things that interest you. Start tapping into other identities and explore because mm-hmm. that's such a great time in life to explore because at like 14, 15, 16, everything is uncertain, right? Mm-hmm. You're like unsure <laughs> about everything. So, so lean into that. Experience different things if you're able to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such great advice. And when I think about it, there's so many things I think I could have done outside of golf. Like you said, joining a club at school or even doing something one Saturday a month. Uh, in the moment, I think it's kind of hard to wrap your head around. But just if there's anything at all, I love that. It's it's so easy if you maybe just join some sort of club at school where maybe it's something that you do during school hours. Like, I don't know what it would be necessarily. But mm-hmm. yeah, definitely diving in and tapping into some things. I know I did. I, I worked a job. Um, in a restaurant, you know, like over summer yeah. and then over certain right. breaks yeah. and on the weekends. So whenever I wasn't golfing, I was working. So I, I always do recommend that as well to athletes. Like start, you know, it's great to have your sport, but if you do have some time, definitely find some sort of part-time job that you can work here or there because yep. those are also, you know, skills that'll help you and kind of like get you out into the world and outside of your sport. So mm-hmm. I think I think that's awesome advice. What's advice that you would have um, for parents? So parents that whose yeah. kids are going into college because I think this is also an important topic. Um, And then after that, for coaches, because I know you work at the school, so you you work with the coaches all the time. So what's your best advice for parents? And then after that, what's your best advice for coaches? So as a parent, you know, if you have a child that's kind of like getting ready Mm -hmm. to embark on that journey of whether it's being recruited or you seeking out opportunities at colleges, you know, of course, like the NCAA is a different language sometimes, right? <laughs> like parents will be like, I have no idea. And, you know, I have a lot of parents that will just like find my number and call me. 
Their, <laughs> their athlete may not even be coming to Sac State, but wow. they're like, can you help, like, talk about the eligibility center, or I have a question mm-hmm. about this. And me being me, I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> this is what I recommend. So mm-hmm. it is okay to call college resources mm-hmm. when you're seeking advice or when those parents are seeking advice for their athlete. Because, yeah, as an athlete being recruited, what, you're 16, 17 years mm-hmm. old? That is so much, you know, to take on in addition to everything that you're mm-hmm. doing. But, you know, from an athlete perspective, of course, you know, be sure that you're taking care of your grades and meeting the, like, NCAA's eligibility standards to be eligible to compete. Mm -hmm. And that information can be found on the NCAA eligibility website and on uh, NCAA.org. But I would say, like, through the whole process is when you go, if your athlete is going on visits or you have the opportunity as a parent to go with them, ask, ask questions. You mm-hmm. are interviewing the college too. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's similar to getting a job, right? Because you're going to commit the next four years or five mm-hmm. years to that place. So ask the questions about academics. Ask the questions about campus life mm-hmm. um, because, you know, Yes, you're going to be spending a lot of time within your sport and in the classroom, but there's also going to be times where you're just like in the dorms. Mm-hmm. Like when you like when you <laughs> walk by the dorms, do you do you get that feeling of like, okay, I could the athlete could see themselves here, or mm-hmm. like I I feel comfortable with my child like being in this environment mm-hmm. because a lot of it is an intuitive hit. Like right. I so I was getting recruited by Fullerton and ASU and Cal. Like those were my tops that I had uh, narrowed down. And I went to the visit at ASU and I like felt campus. It was 120 degrees. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I thought Sacramento got hot. Uh, But even little things like that, like Mm -hmm. it totally makes your experience and you know, even to the surroundings of the college. What's around the college? Could you mm-hmm. see yourself being immersed in this community? Um, mm-hmm. Where do you want to eventually live and get a job? Right. So, like, if you're really interested in eventually, you know, becoming a professional in a certain area, if you have the opportunity to be at a college in that area, mm-hmm. your network starts the minute you step on campus. Mm-hmm. So, I would say, you know consider all the factors. It's not an easy decision. <laughs> it's everything at once. And when I would meet with recruits here, I tell them like, yeah, it's the feeling that you get when you step on campus. It's the feeling that you get when you talk to the teammates or the athletes that are already at the college. And when you talk mm-hmm. with the coach, it's much more than the technical, like this is the majors right. we have. This is how the team's performing. No, like you're going to be living and breathing this environment. So be sure to make sure that you have that feeling. And I I think most people can differentiate between feeling like nervous or like it feeling like a little off. Mm -hmm. And it's completely okay to not align with the school that you thought you were going to go to. Like Mm -hmm. I thought hands down I was going to Cal. I'm like, yep, that's it. Done. Like it's Mm -hmm. fine. And I went to the campus and like met with the coaches and it's a great, obviously, great school, great institution. Something just didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And I literally turned down a full ride at Cal, like to go wow. to Sacramento State mm-hmm. where I felt, I felt at home in a way. Right. 
And granted, not only in like proximity, I think what 30 miles away (laughs) from home, but like actually felt good with the coaches, Mm -hmm. knew some team, former teammates who were on the team. So it's so much more than academics, what major they offer. I mean, granted, yes, it's your future and you want to study what you want, but at the end of the day, it's so much more than more than that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just look at those factors. And then yeah. as a coach, like, are you saying as a, as a high school coach, um, advice yeah, or both. like as a okay. high school coach and then things that you just see as a college coach and maybe more so for athletes to look out for, or just things that you see that any advice that you would give to both high school and college coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for high school coaches, I like, again, it is okay to reach out to local institutions. I go out to a handful of high schools every year and just present on the NCAA eligibility center about rules, about being a college athlete. So those resources do exist and we Mm -hmm. do offer those services. So reach out to your local institution and talk to the eligibility coordinator or admissions coordinator within athletics. Because I think a lot of it is doing the research that way, mm-hmm. of course. And then, again, like what I see on this side is, you know, it's a whole new world and it is unknown. Mm-hmm. Like, so although you have, you may have had athletes who have gotten to the collegiate level, everyone has their different experience. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's okay. And I would honestly draw on alumni. So if you're, you as a high school coach have had those athletes that made it, can they come back and talk to your current athletes? Mm-hmm. Can they, you know, hop on a phone call? Because the more that we're sharing like stories and experiences, the more of that picture they're going to, you know, start to develop. And mm-hmm. again, like the technical, like the GPA, the SAT, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things, those are all laid out, but it's the intangibles that I think really make an experience and help a high school athlete kind of get a glimpse of what that world is going to look like. Right. And then for college coaches, you know, I've been around Sac State's campus now for like 10 years. So <laughs> I, have, I have a decent rapport with majority of our coaches here. And again, like I've mentioned before, like coaches truly care, you know, they, they want you to do so well and they know your talent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so when you have a coach that's like getting frustrated or whatnot, like just realize that when they wake up in the morning, it is their job to make sure mm-hmm. that you perform at your highest level mm-hmm. and that team performs at a high level. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think sometimes in college athletics, we have the, the that college athletics can be a business, right? Mm-hmm. Or that it's more business oriented. And, and in some cases that is true, but it's also because like that is a coach's job right so (laughs) so it is a business in a way um but you know our coaches here you know I have the ability to talk with them and be like hey so for our juniors and seniors it is required that they go to athlete career night like it's Mm, required they have to um and you know I even I'm always the one like the squeaky wheel like they're gonna come to career night (laughs) they're gonna go (laughs) you know volunteer their time in the community because Mm this community values seeing athletes and like when you take athletes to like elementary schools the kids think they're like pro it's just like (laughs) the cutest thing but you know me being in this position I've had the 
chance to work with coaches and mm-hmm. and tap into beyond the athlete. Right. They're going to be more. Yes, this is your job and you're doing a great job. However, you get a new class of freshmen next year mm-hmm. and you have seniors that are graduating and they're well aware mm-hmm. of this. Um, but I think, yeah, as well, like perspective, mm-hmm. stepping back and realizing like, okay, I have this one athlete that's supposed to like just do really well and they're not. What are what are the reasons maybe why? Or like, okay, they're away from home. Mm-hmm. They, you know, are taking a full academic load. Like perspective, step mm-hmm. back and kind of say like, what is that athlete going through? And then same for the athlete. What is that coach going through? So mm-hmm. putting yourself in each other's shoes sometimes I think definitely you go like, oh, like I've had athletes in my office. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I've never thought of it that way. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, so. Yeah. When you even said that about the, you know, coaches, when they wake up, it's literally their job. When they wake yeah. up in the morning, it's their job to make sure that the team per- is performing well and that each athlete as an individual is performing well. I honestly didn't really think about it like that until you just said that. So I think that was just a great piece of advice right there, especially for any athletes in college or even in high school that are kind of going through maybe some rough times and rough patches yeah. with their coaches. Like. Whatever they're doing, they're doing it because it literally is their job to make sure the team performs well. So it definitely puts it into perspective. And I think also to your advice for parents um, with just asking questions, not just for parents, but for athletes to high school athletes that are, you know, figuring out what school they want to go to. I mean, ask three million questions and yeah. no question is a stupid question. I remember right. when my mom and I went on campus and I think, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if it was orientation day or what, but like my mom asked. I swear to you, five million questions, which I'm so happy she did because yeah. she, yeah. And it, I, the other thing too is um, the whole intuition and that feeling that mm-hmm. you get. I think mm-hmm. that's another important thing. Of course, like you said, you need to make sure that you meet all the requirements, all the NCAA or, or whatever it yeah. is. You need to meet all the requirements, but you know, you need to make sure you have that feeling that just kind of like this feels right moment. And I know when I went to, I did the same thing as you. I went to UC Davis. I went to um reno i went to what other school i did san diego state i kind of all liked the campuses but it's crazy it wasn't until i stepped on sac state's campus which i thought never in a million years i would ever want to go to sac state but when i stepped on that campus met the girls Uh on the team and talked with david who you'll have to say hi to for me um, and talked to david the coach i was like this is it i just got that feeling like this all feels right i love the campus i never thought i would but i love the big trees on campus and i just Mm -hmm. got that feeling i loved my coach him and i just had a hoot talking to each other and I just felt like I knew him forever and then the girls too we just got along and clicked so well so it's definitely true you know ask a million questions and and kind of listen to your intuition listen to your gut because your gut will be right it's going to tell you what you know what campus is the right one for you okay so let's talk about her sports story so I'm excited that you kind of are doing this a little bit on the side and I think it totally makes sense for what you do in your current career so talk to us a little bit about that give her sports story a plug and tell our listeners where we can find it and what it's all about. So her sports story stemmed from when I was in that first full-time job and I was Mm -hmm. missing gymnastics. And Mm -hmm. I was like, is anyone else feeling this way? Like literally I've been done with my sport for five years. I am Mm -hmm. not sure where this feeling is coming from. But of course, with most things, there was a purpose behind that feeling. So when I transitioned out of sports, I also was like, there's got to be a resource hub for like Mm -hmm. former athletes somewhere or 
other people that are going through this, but for some reason I couldn't I couldn't mm-hmm. really find it. And I can't tell you how many times I typed into Google like <laughs> four more workouts for gymnasts, what to do after gymnastics, like so many times. So it wasn't about I guess till I, I would say a year ago that I actually mm-hmm. like took some action and I created mm-hmm. an Instagram account which mm-hmm. is at her sports story. And my idea behind it was that there are so many women that have just amazing stories to tell. Mm-hmm. And we can all relate in those experiences. And the ability for like just humans to connect and relate to one another is huge. Like mm-hmm. we truly need that feeling in, in mm-hmm. life. So I wanted to create that for former athletes at any level. And so I created the Instagram. I started interviewing like my closest friends. I was like, I'm going to interview you and share your story <laughs> on my uh, website, which is www.hersportstory.org. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to share it on my Insta. And I just, I just want to get it out there. I want others to read your story. I want someone to be able to relate whether they're in the sport or mm-hmm. out of it or mm-hmm. five or 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I created the platform with the idea to build a community, to build a place where we could go to connect on life topics after sport. Because I, again, I couldn't really find it. There's, there are plenty of other platforms that are connecting athletes, like professional development wise and mm-hmm. to jobs. But I wanted more of like that soulful, like mm-hmm. community where we could really dive into like how do I look out after sport or, Mm -hmm. you know, what should I have on my resume under athlete? Mm -hmm. Literally everything and anything through hardships, through what they're doing now to five years after their career. So that's really where it kind of started. Mm -hmm. And the goal with it is to continue building a community where like after either uh, athlete has to end their career, they can go to this page and be like, yes, I have the same story as her, or, or like, mm-hmm. I have a similar experience. Or what has been so great is that lately I did a former athlete challenge, and I had former athletes share a best memory and then share their advice for someone mm-hmm. going through the transition out of sport. And just sharing those and having a place where an athlete can scroll through for a little bit of inspiration mm-hmm. and see that advice. If there's impact there, like I have, I have met a part of my goal to mm-hmm. create that. Feeling. So it's, you know, up and running. It's going to be this amazing community. I've connected with just like the most incredible women over Instagram. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And I'm sure <laughs> you can definitely relate. And I am so, so happy because not only am I looping together a community of former athletes, but I'm also looping together a community of women that work with athletes in some mm-hmm. capacity that are doing it, you know, kind of on the, on the, on the side of their like full-time job mm-hmm. or if they're like committed in their like identity coaches or nutrition coaches for athletes after sport. So I am just beyond excited for what's to come. I've started recording podcasts and it will be debuting in March. But again, it's sharing the stories Mm -hmm. of these athletes and the transition out and how we can help one another to get through it and then help one another with whatever goals we're trying to achieve next in life. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, so good. Well, I love that. I think it's so cool what you're doing. Like I said, everything has come full circle and I just think it's absolutely amazing. And everyone, please check out Bethany. It's at her sports story. She is awesome and you have so many awesome tools for girls. I know I'm going to connect with you and share my story on your platform. We'll work yeah. together because I want to get involved so in her great. sports story. I think it's it's amazing and I can't wait to get on there and see, you know, see the other girls' stories. So um, last question for you, Bethany, um, so I can let you go. Um, this is my favorite question that I ask everyone about what does playing like a girl mean to you? Ooh. Yes. <laughs> so I think like one of my favorite, I don't know why I love like this little uh, phrase so much, but to be able to play with grit and grace mm, so that mm -hmm. we fight through it, but we do so, so gracefully and mm -hmm. with all the amazing attributes and characteristics that come along with being a woman and to mm -hmm fully be proud of that and especially with like Serena Williams and mm -hmm. all of those female athletes out there that are like showing up for this purpose and pushing women forward like it is an amazing time to be a female athlete mm -hmm. and yep to grind it out dig it dig through find that grit but then perform gracefully and give yourself grace through the process. Mm -hmm. I love that with great grit and grace. Well, thank you so much, Bethany, for coming on the podcast today. Thank you. I had so much fun. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I absolutely loved talking to Bethany and just catching up with her. I think it's so cool what she's doing. Everything comes full circle and I hope you check out her sports story. So please make sure to share this episode with a friend who you think will enjoy this podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback and thoughts on this episode. So head to iTunes to leave a review. You can also send any questions or topics you'd like us to cover by sending us a DM on Instagram at playlikeagirlmp. We want to know what you want to hear. Before you go, screenshot this episode and tag us at Play Like a Girl MP so we know you're listening alongside us. Thank you so much for listening to episode 28 of Play Like a Girl. We hope you come back for more. Once again, I'm Nikki B, and remember to never stop playing like a girl. You play ball like a girl! Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.